Hi, my name is Margaret, and you have ventured your way into the beautiful Collision Podcast. I believe when the good and amazing, great parts of your life collide with the bad, messy, and hard parts of your life, they make you into the beautiful and amazing person that you are. On this podcast, you're going to hear stories of people from all walks of life, faiths, cultures, and backgrounds, and my hope is that you resonate with some and embrace your own story. You're back. You're back. Okay, so I hope everyone's having a good day. Um, Today's conversation is actually with someone that I know very closely. It's my roommate. Yes, my roommate. Um, She's great. Her name is Carrie Davis, and you are going to just love her. I know I say that every week, but you really are. Um, We talk about a lot of things. We One of the main things being traveling, um, diversity, because it's just a huge thing that we talk about at home, as well as... We talk about um, what it's like to be a woman in ministry and some of the challenges of that. And then we also talk about, she has really some really awesome fun facts that I think you're really going to enjoy. They're literally very, very unique to her. So I hope you just really enjoy this conversation and um, continue to listen to the podcast. Shoot me ideas of people that you think should be on the podcast or people that you think I should talk to. I'm always, we are always willing here to take those ideas. All right, here's my conversation with Gary. Hey, everybody. I am glad that you are here with us again today. Um, today is actually a special guest because I am here with my roommate, yes. Carrie Davis. Hi. Yeah. Hey, Froomey time. <laughs> what does Froomey stand for? Froomey stands for friends and roomies. <laughs> Carrie came up with it, and that's what we call each other. So, um, but seriously, guys, I'm so glad you get to hear from her today. She's so great. She has a lot of wisdom, I think, um, and she's just fun to talk to. So, sweet. Um, <laughs> yes, Carrie, why don't you okay. introduce yourself and give us tell us what you do, that kind mm-hmm. of thing, and then give us a few fun mm-hmm. facts about yourself. Okay, yeah, my name is Carrie Anna Davis. That's my full name. Um, originally from. Uh, San Antonio, Texas, born and raised in Texas. Um, I am 24 years old. I work in Houston as a campus minister to the University of Houston and now most recently Texas Southern University. Um, Some fun facts, um, two pretty interesting ones I find kind of weird, but you know what, (laughs) we're just going to go with it. So the first one is, is that I was born with like an extra set of ureters now go with me like okay okay (laughs) they are the tubes that go between your uh kidney and your bladder so like the normal person has one on each side of your kidneys right because you wow yeah um but i have found out um whenever i was young at young age that i had an extra set and so it's kind of strange but it's interesting because my brother actually had kind of like um, an issue with his whenever he was little. And so I just think it's cool that God made me with an extra pair. Um, so if something were 
to happen, uh-huh. like, could you give him one? I think in theory, yes. <laughs> I mean, modern medicine nowadays, um, yeah, I would do. A lot of people ask me if I, like, go to the restroom more than the normal person. The answer is no. I go to the restroom just as much as, like, the normal person does. But, um, but yeah, with modern medicine, I could probably, I think I could do that. I would hope that I would never have to, but <laughs> I just think it's cool that God made me that way. God, you um, made you too, and your brother with a complication with one. And right. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then the second one, second one is, um, I lived in London for two months whenever I was 19 years old and I was working in a coffee shop and, um, it was really cool because they would have like film crews sometimes come into the coffee shop and this one time uh we were working a shift where there was a film crew that was that was there and they were shooting this movie and they needed extras in the background sipping coffee and so I just was like yes sign me up at 19 years old I was like I get to be in a movie yes so I asked zero questions okay and I just was like I'm just gonna go ahead and hop in there and so I was like sipping coffee in the background Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, I um, they were writing our names down in the credits, and then I asked them, I said, so what is this movie about? And they're like, oh, it's about college students finding out how they got chlamydia. And I was what? Like, I was like, great. <gasps> I'm in. So, so somewhere. <laughs> I still have never found it. Still okay, never... so you don't, you don't remember what the movie was called or anything? I, I don't remember the name of the movie. I don't remember anything i just remember that that's that my name somewhere in the credits i mean if they use that scene i don't know if they use that scene yeah and so but yeah anyway so what did you have to do in this little in the like acting debut like did you stand some like i did i stood up against a brick wall and one of my other friends was with me and you know because you can't actually talk so you just mumble you just kind of like you're just supposed to say i don't know what we were doing but you would just like mumble like like um like words about fruit or something like you know kiwi and it looks like you're talking but you're not actually saying anything <laughs> oh yeah they can't they don't want to pick it up on the microphone and so i was just standing up against a brick wall talking to my friend or pretending like i was talking and that's literally it i don't even know if you can see my face honestly because where the camera was directed but you know what? but you got to see like this like how you know how they film a movie like what it looks like the yes that is that's it was really cool. fun. <laughs> That's cool. But next time, and I just encourage anybody, if you're going to be an extra in a film, make sure you know what it's about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, if that's what the movie's about, I'm sure we can narrow it down to the few movies True. about that. <laughs> it's not been one of my priorities to hunt down to find this movie, but... <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Um, those are beautiful fun facts, okay. and I love them. Um, so, okay, first you talked about your campus minister. Mm-hmm. So just tell people a little bit what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, people listening might have no idea what that means. Sure. So um, what a campus minister does is their calling is to the college campus. And so um, they are they're, they're, they're missionaries essentially to the college campus. And so wherever the students are is where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you engage the students and um, disciple them, yeah. you know, and so... Really, it's a lot of it's a lot of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of chit chat. We're coffee gurus over here. That's right. Okay. I think we have like four bags of coffee <laughs> in, our, in our pantry right now, which is awesome. But um, yeah, it's a lot of coffee. It's a lot of chats about the Lord, and um, and it's it's pretty beautiful to watch um, just young people and campus missionaries, campus ministers uh, are particularly important in just. Um, the fact that a lot of movements have been started on the college campus, yeah, feminism, and you know, and just all of these 
and all of these kind of radical ideas come from the college campus, come from this age group of 18 to like 22. Yeah. And um, that's like formidable years in the minds of young people. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's really, it's it's really a unique place to do ministry mm-hmm. and to engage people with the gospel. And yeah. so um, that's what I get to do. And particularly at U of H, University of Houston, is is my like main mission field and it's really really great because it's the number one school for diversity it's yeah. the number one institution in america and in diverse the most diverse place and campus um and so if you reach people you know from this campus then you could potentially be reaching to far places in the world that i you know that would take you know years to get to yeah. you know like and so it's pretty awesome i, I love it yeah that's really cool and <laughs> houston is like one of the most diverse cities in uh, in America, so that kind of yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's really helpful. Uh-huh. Um, so yes, we are in Houston actually, but Carrie, you're not from Houston. No, I'm not. You are from a really small town mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of San Antonio. Yeah, that's okay. right. Okay, called called Hondo. Yes. Okay. Yes. So she's from a really small town outside of um, San Antonio, and now you live in the fourth largest city in America. That's right. So tell us about mm-hmm. small town life yeah. versus mm-hmm. big town life. What are pros and cons? Like what what okay. do you like about it? Yeah. Or what what don't you like about it first and then what you like about it? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I mean and to give people sometimes like a frame of reference for small town like you know, I'm not, I'm, it, very small, for example, <laughs> like, I graduated with 22 people in my, in my whole class, <laughs> and 12 of those people, 12 of those students I went to kindergarten with, uh-huh. and so, um, it, you said the cons first, right? Yeah. Okay, so the cons are, of going up in a setting like that is just that everybody has known you since you were a baby, Yeah. and so, like, everything, like, you can't, you, you can't, like, have people you don't get to start fresh basically okay, yeah. like you know um everybody knows who you are they know your grandmother's car that she drives they know your dog's name they yeah. know you know they know so much and so sometimes it's like it's a little overwhelming yeah and even when i go back home going to walmart i still run into my kindergarten teacher you yeah. know and sometimes i just want to go into walmart and not have to worry about <laughs> seeing somebody that knew me whenever i was like 12 years old and it was like the most embarrassing time of my life and so that's definitely a con um another con is just you you, I mean, the nearest Starbucks was like an hour drive. So, yeah. you know, my love for coffee and how that was just kind of a bummer. And and I think that you do get in more trouble in a small town. Yeah. <laughs> like the stakes are a little bit higher, right? So it's like, you know, whenever you want to do something fun, you have more access to like off-roading vehicles. <laughs> In that's, a small town. That's where, something I don't know. See, exactly. About. Whenever I tell people like... Whenever I tell people just, like, kind of what we did for fun, like, you know, I mean, we smashed cars at homecoming instead of having, I don't know what you do for homecoming, and, like, I just, all I know is... That is so strange to me! It is. It is a little weird. And, you know, and so, like, you go to a field, you start a bonfire, and people pull their trucks up and that's what you do that's that's that that's a fun friday night so small country town yes (laughs) okay small country town you know and um just just really interesting like my my and so some some pros so i don't want to just leave it there because the beauty of that is also that you grow up it's it's almost like 
the opposite is also true. Like you, you do get to know people so well and it is like a village mentality Mm -hmm. and, and people, I can still go home and, you know, people recognize me and, you know, and get to just be like, how are you doing? And they genuinely care and like ask about, you know, your life. And I guess that could happen in a city, but, um, Mm -hmm. it just feels more, um, I don't know. People get to see you from a young age and just watch you grow. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. And also, I mean, like, every other Saturday night, we would go to the dance hall. Yes, I said dance hall. <laughs> where we like, would, country, like, country, country two-stepping, dancing. like, every other Saturday when I was 16. And that was so fun. Like, some of that was just, like, really, really fun. And, you know, we didn't go to the mall. Yeah. We didn't, you know, we didn't hang out at, like, you know, shopping centers or anything like that. Like, I mean, we we went to Walmart every now and then. But it just, like, it just felt so... Um, different. I don't, yeah, just different, but like, I don't, I want to say organic. I don't know if that's the word, but like, just fun was more like we would go to the river and things like that, where it's like there were activities to be done, not mm-hmm. necessarily like playing video games and like, you know, that really wasn't my thing. So, um, so there was some definitely some pros to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting because definitely, I mean, I grew up in Houston, so mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, mm-hmm. um, so big city. And so I remember going to school in North Carolina and a lot of my friends were from smaller towns and it was just definitely, I, I went and visited a few of them, but it, yeah, it was just definitely different because, yeah. you know, I, I am such a city girl. Mm-hmm. I love the fast pace. I love the like restaurants and like the millions of restaurants and the mm-hmm. millions of quote unquote things to do. Um, I have never been an outdoorsy person <laughs> at all. Um, I don't go camping. I mean, just think, and not that people in the city don't do that stuff, but that was just not my yeah. thing. And so it was, it's just always interesting to hear kind of people's viewpoints on that or like kind of see the dynamics. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but then, okay, so moving from such a small town to uh-huh. Houston. Yes. Um, I'm sure it was hard in some mm-hmm. in some retrospects. Yeah. Um, but as well as I know you've learned a lot just by yeah. being in Houston mm-hmm. and it's, you really have to step out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of what are some things, what are some of those things? Yeah. Well, I never thought I would move to Houston. Like out of all the cities in Texas that I thought I'd live in, Houston is never where I would have set my, you know, yeah. gaze on. Yeah. And, but it is, it is where I am. And I think that a lot of the hardest transition was just feeling so, um, small mm-hmm. and like, you know, whenever I lived in Hondo and in Dehennis, like in that little small town, like, you know, you're known mm-hmm. and like go to such a place where it's like you are just a little blip in like the whole system. Mm-hmm. And like, and so, and also just the, honestly, the diversity is sometimes overwhelming and, and knowing that like, I'm really in parts and places in Houston where there's not a lot of people that look like me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's beautiful, and it was it was something that like did have to I, I did have to get used to, you know, just understanding that like there are different people in this world. And um, I think before moving to Houston, a lot of my a lot of my spiritual walk and everything had a lot to do with that. Um, but but moving to Houston specifically was not only just being like, okay, I don't feel represented in where I am or whatever. Like it was more of like, no, I love this. Yeah. I love this. I love that I'm in a place that, you know, that that just looks... Everything is so different from what I'm, like, normally used to. Mm-hmm. Like, the pace. Everything's fast-paced. Like, the traffic and, um, you know, the food is so different. And 
Um, so, and then, but, and then the other thing too, was just finding community, mm-hmm. finding people who, um, I could do life with was a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you really, really have to look for it. You mm-hmm. really have to make that a priority when you move to a city of this size, Yeah, because you're going to have to drive 20 minutes wherever you go, Yeah, wherever you go, it's 20 minutes. And so, you know, you have to sacrifice, you have to sacrifice a lot for community yeah. in this space. Yeah. So let's just a little bit talk about, um, before you were saying just that diversity was new to you. So yeah. you lived in a town where everyone looked like you and now you moved to Houston, you know, when it, and if we're specifically talking diversity culturally and racially, mm-hmm. it is one of the it is one of the top most diverse cities, like I said earlier, in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and so learning that, I'm yeah. sure that was new for you. Yeah. Um, wh- how have you, because I live with you, I know you, I know that is something that you embrace. Mm-hmm. And so how is that, explain the beauty that has come out yeah. of like learning that not everyone mm-hmm. in America is, you know, looks like you, yeah. you know, white country, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, the same yeah. kind of thing, like, and really yeah. expanding your horizons mm-hmm. to hear from other people. You know, you go to a church where we have a lot of elders that are of different races, mm-hmm. um, African-American, mm-hmm. Asian. So, I mean, you're even the people that you glean from mm-hmm. and that are, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I think that like, well, the change that happened in my heart is really whenever I became Christian. Yeah. Like, absolutely love and strive to make sure that it's in my life. Yeah. Um, and that was because whenever I was 17, um, I went on a mission trip. I thought I was a Christian, but I went on this mission trip to India. And um, and I was more or less thrown into a place and a people that everything was against what I, you know, <laughs> what I was raised to, what I was raised and comfortable with. Yeah. And so... Um, and I witnessed people who looked so different from me, ate differently, like they spoke so differently from me. And they loved the Lord with more of a fervor and passion than I'd ever seen in my life. And it made me realize that maybe, yeah, it just, it definitely woke me up into yeah. believing that like I am, um, like my way is not the best way yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> and that there are, there are things in this world, like there are people in this world that like they have, there's just an incredible immense of, um, just knowledge and wisdom that whenever, like whenever it's collided with our comfort zones, whenever it's collided, whenever things are so, a uh, contrast that something out of that can be really beautiful. So, um, so yeah, moving to Houston and, and being a part of that, um, I don't know. It just it's it's been something that I think that the Lord has woken my like just opened my eyes to. Yeah. Um. To um. To just loving it and absolutely needing it in my life because I I know that whenever you get around people who think a lot like you and who look a lot like you, your ideas are not going to change and about about things in this world. Oh, yeah. You know, and you are most likely just going to conform yeah. and. That's not what the Lord tells us to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, and that's not what heaven looks like either. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're, we're not all going to be. Yeah. To have like the kingdom on earth, that's going to, like, that's what I strive to do, have my life reflect is the kingdom on earth. And yeah. so the kingdom looks different. Yeah. The kingdom looks um, multicolored. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And yeah. so that's how I want to live my life. Yeah. That's good. Um, 
And that is just something that, you know, I see, you know, I live with you, but um, I see you definitely strive for and and desire. Um, So we're going to go, we're going to move a little bit to a traveling piece because Carrie and I are like, we want to travel the world. Yes. Whether separately, (laughs) whether together, like our goal in life is to travel the world. And so... Carrie, you've been to a lot of different places. Uh-huh. Um, you've been overseas, mm-hmm. um, one of them being India. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully one day she'll come with me to Uganda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, yes. that's the goal. Um, but, okay, so, so far, mm-hmm. tell us what is your favorite overseas travel place that you visited so far in life? Oh, my gosh. I know this is going to be hard for you. Okay, so let's do it with based on favorite place that had the best food. Oh, man. Israel. Israel. Okay. Yes. Okay. The Mediterranean food, like the way that they cook their meat mm-hmm. is so... I'm I'm a meat person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like vegetables, but like... We're meat, we're meat eaters here. When I know when good meat... I know good meat. Yeah. And so the way that they cook their meat yeah. is absolutely delicious. And so I would say one of the best meals of my life was in Tel Aviv, Israel. Ooh. And it was incredible it was like family style and it was like on a rooftop and you just i mean we just gorged ourselves with all different kinds of beautiful things <laughs> sounds yummy mm-hmm. so everyone tel aviv is a good place to go for food best place when it comes to scenery that you've been overseas like yeah scenery um iceland I- iceland iceland for sure right. for sure for sure what about it okay so it's like the land of fire and ice right so yeah. you've got like bubbling hot geysers and then you've got glaciers and you've got mountains and waterfalls and blue lagoons and um black sand beaches mm-hmm. i mean you really have everything <laughs> and then not to mention the northern lights like mm-hmm. and um i went during the winter time so everything was white mm-hmm. everything was just like beautifully just encapsulated with white um with white snow and mm-hmm. so um and there's almost i think the beauty of it too is it's a little dangerous you, know? <laughs> you feel you know you feel like living on the edge yeah you feel like you're living on the edge and it's just it almost feels like moonlight i think a lot of people I, re- I read blogs and stuff before going yeah and a lot of people definitely describe iceland as being like this like this planet this mm-hmm. like it looks like you know it, and it felt if you feel like you're on top of the world i mean that's the, the farthest north i've ever been yeah and it's absolutely gorgeous yeah that's awesome. Okay. And then my next thing is what right now is like overseas mm-hmm. place, top place you want to visit? Oh, gosh. Okay. See, I think that a couple months ago, whenever you asked me this question, I said Morocco. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think I've changed my mind. Okay. Where do you want to go? Santorini, Greece has okay. been, oh, it's just been, uh, it's just, I've just seen pictures and, and you know, my Mediterranean food. Yeah. I just love it. And um, I'm becoming more of a beach person, I guess. Okay, so, interesting. Because she, she's like a mountain range. You love the mountains. Yes. You love mm-hmm. just all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. But there's something about, like, there's something about Santorini. I guess it's like the old world, you know, Europe and, like, the history of it. And just also those beaches just absolutely look gorgeous. And so, yeah, that's probably probably the next place that i want to go to morocco's like just it just got bumped down a little bit yeah but i still would love to be there i'd love to go there yes Mm -hmm. we are travel gurus Mm -hmm. um she loves it so i have a question for you yes um why would you encourage Mm -hmm. um people well okay one so something that i loved when traveling Mm -hmm. i love to go see the new sites and the new city i mean the city and that kind of stuff but i think one of my biggest things is i like to be 
in the presence of culture. So I, I like to do what the everyday locals are doing when mm-hmm. I'm in another city. So, I mean, the touristy things are cool at times, but a lot of times I would rather, like, be doing what they locally do mm-hmm. because I want to experience their culture. And I know you have a little bit of a oh, taste yeah. of that, and you yeah. love that. And because um, you just have this passion to experience different cultures and, ex- like, experience that piece. And we kind of talked about it a talked about it a little bit when we're talking about diversity Mm -hmm. um but what do you think the beauty or explain to people why the beauty in stepping into another culture Mm -hmm. and doing things culturally the way they do them Mm -hmm. and not necessarily coming there and coming in and trying to Mm -hmm. change that right yeah I think that the beauty of it is just that you you see things um you see things in a way you get a different perspective of how the world works from a different point of view where you would not have right yeah. if you if you were just doing it. and i I've, I've traveled with people that they just they just <laughs> try to fight it right you know you know what i mean yeah. like you travel with people and it's just like they're so concerned with like this is not how i do things yeah and it's just like you cause yourself so much more um strife and like yeah you know and 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 discomfort if you were to just give yourself over right to to the way things are done and trusting that they've been doing this for a lot longer and so whether whether or not it's like something that you think is right the way that you would do things you have to trust like they're this civilization's probably been around way longer than yours (laughs) exactly and so they know what they're doing and um, yeah, just seeing things from a different perspective and potentially opening your eyes to, to learning something new, mm-hmm. um, and that it's it's a really it's a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And um, anytime you discomfort yourself, um, you're going to open yourself up to um, a greater I don't know a greater understanding and like yeah. and seeing the I don't know it's just a it's a beautiful thing and you you come out of it. Um, more wise yeah. and um, more informed than than you would if you just you know kept fighting it basically. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And one thing I feel like I've noticed too, traveling, and I'm not saying I have all this many people and that I just travel all the time, but <laughs> the places that I have been, uh-huh. I think in different cultures you just see, you know, for those of you listening that are Christians, like in different cultures, I feel like you see more of God's character. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like God has implemented so himself into all of us, into all different cultures. Mm-hmm. There's, like, characteristics of God that are embedded in certain cultures, and, and, I mean, in all different cultures. And I think in certain cultures, like, when you let yourself um, experience it and mm-hmm. experience it the way do, you, um, they do it, there's characteristics of God that are maximized that you may have not seen mm-hmm. just living oh, yeah. within the culture that you know or the people that you know absolutely you know what i mean yeah oh yeah for sure so i i i love that you said that because i think i'm i'm the same way it's like oh there's so much my eyes are open to this right more to this character of god or like the love of god or Uh in a way that i couldn't have experienced Mm -hmm. yeah and i think you just you just it it kind of forces you to get over yourself yeah (laughs) tell them carrie I mean, sorry to be so blunt. I'm sorry, not sorry, but it it does. It forces you to get over yourself and and like and realize that there's the world is so big mm-hmm. and it's so absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And if you if you understand that, you just can become more of a servant to people. Yeah. Whenever you understand that maybe the way you do things, maybe the way you see the world is not is not the best way (laughs) the best way or Or the only way or the only way or the only way so i encourage i mean 
I mean, I know we're biased. <laughs> I know we're having this conversation being biased, but I literally, I can't think of how traveling would not benefit someone. Yeah. And, but you know, I'm kind of a radical when it comes to traveling. I want to go to places that like, I'm just absolutely the only, like the only person that would, I, like they don't speak the language, yeah. right? The food is so different. Like, you know, cause you can travel and you can go to places that are like still kind of the same as yeah. the way that you, you would live in life. But like go to the places where no one looks like you, no one talks like you yeah. and, and figure it out. Like I, in, um, 2016, uh, I went to India, um, for two, for a month. Uh, and I went into villages uh, where they had never seen a white woman before. Like, yeah remote kind of villages and they were like literally looking at my freckles i have freckles by the way um they were looking at my freckles and they were kind of like you know what are these and it was it was absolutely incredible yeah and she went by herself by the a woman going by herself (laughs) she didn't go by herself and i i mean i love that story because again you know people listening the thing with Carrie, and I'm just going to toot her horn right now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but it... Because there's also some some of this thing of, like... Like, we were talking about, you go into a culture and you, you impose everything, you know, on them. Like, you impose your idea of this is how the way you do things. But I think the beautiful thing about Carrie is when she goes on these trips, it's like, I just want to do what it is that you do. So, tell me what to do. Tell me how you eat. Like, tell me where you go about... You mm-hmm. know, like, tell me what it is... Mm-hmm. You do it, and I'm going to do it like you. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to le- just love you like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then my friend and I have this really great F word that we use within missions and traveling. Oh, yeah. You have to be flexible. That's the F word. Flexible. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Flexible. <laughs> Everything is flexible if, you know... If your plane doesn't arrive on time, you got to roll with it. What else are you going to do? What, what else are you going to do? Like, are you going to be worrisome? Are you going to be angry? Are you just going to... I mean, sure, you will for a little bit, but then then you have to figure it out. you yeah. got to be flexible. And, and that's honestly the best experience traveling you're going to have is if you just remain flexible and malleable and... Um, and just teachable yeah. in those moments. Like yeah. you're going to have way more of, a, of, of an incredible experience than otherwise. So Yeah. Oh, we could talk about traveling all day. It's so just, true. It's just so great. Um, so uh, there's a few other things I wanted to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them actually um, is a, a recent thing that we've talked about a lot that I think people can benefit um, from from you, really, in mm-hmm. talking about it. But um, so obviously Carrie's a woman, and she's a that's woman. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um <laughs> And she is a single woman doing ministry, and I'm not. We're not talking about singleness. Don't worry, people, because I don't want to talk it's about another podcast. For another time. <laughs> That's another <laughs> podcast for another time. But um, so tell me some of kind of the challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you are a very strong woman, like not in the sense of like, you know wh- how people would say it in a negative way, because it's not a negative not thing. Physically strong, yeah. right? <laughs> But, um, but you, I mean, you have, she has really great, you have really great opinions, really good ideas, um, and you are very confident, you know? And so, um, kind of as a woman in ministry, um, how, how, kind of what would you say maybe makes it, makes it sometimes hard? Okay. Um, start from there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and I just want to like preface with saying I've only really been in full time ministry for a short time in yeah. comparison to a lot of women in yeah. ministry. Um, you know, the, like fifty years in ministry. I mean, that's what I strive for. Yeah. That's what I hope. Like, you know, ministry for me is not a um, is you know not until I like have kids and then I'll leave. You know, like it's going to be forever. Yeah. Like maybe into retirement. Will I retire? I don't know. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but being a woman in ministry and like some of the challenges in that. Um, I I think most recently one of the things that um, that well not recently really it's kind of been a it's it's been like in the years since I've come into ministry I've realized that because I'm a woman mm-hmm. um, I am more so expected to have administrative organizational skills that I do not have <laughs> yeah. like it's just very it's 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 expected of me yeah um, and and. It, it no one's ever outright said that yeah. you know and um and in in my couple years of ministry it's been expected and and but more than that it's just been like I've had to be good at those things mm-hmm. because no one else was going to do it mm-hmm. and so but it really is just not my gifting mm-hmm. and um I think a lot of women who are find themselves in ministry um you know they um and this may be a, this may be kind of an out there view, but, um, hey, okay. Yeah. But they, they kind of, um, recline into just doing administrative, um, things whenever, you know, they could be called to do so much more. Um, and so I have since seen absolute beauty in like whenever everything is organized, I'm not a naturally organization person. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, it's something that I've had to grow and work on a whole lot. Um, and understanding that my, like the ministry that God has called me to do will do, will go better whenever things are organized. Yeah. It will be better. It will be more fruitful. Um, but anyway, that's just something that I've noticed. Um, and so that's kind of hard. And then other times too, um, I think that being a woman in ministry is like, you know, that we may not, other people may assume that we don't want to be a part of those philosophical, like theological, like conversations. Yeah. And you know that that's not me. Like, yeah. I you know, like, um, I love to be a part of those conversations. I love to, I love to debate and have those things. And I think that the intellectual conversations, the intellectual conversations, the things about theology, the things about you know, and I, so I think that sometimes it's reserved. Um, for like people think that that's just reserved for men and that those are the kind that's the way that they think and so um and that's just that's been interesting too of just like i want to be part of those conversations like you know put me in there coach basically (laughs) like put me in coach (laughs) tap my hand tap my hand we're talking about theology too and um yeah but you know I do want to, like, the church that I do, like, ministry out of City Life that you and I both go to, they have um, just been absolutely incredible in, in calling me into, like, the fullness of my calling, which mm-hmm. is, like, hey, we know that you can disciple women, but also, you know, you can organize things, mm-hmm. like, you can plan events, like, we believe that this is a skill that you can you can develop, and also, you know, praise God, also, like, understand like giving me a platform to to even preach that like that one time and yep and she preached y'all and she at our church and brought the word killed it I, and that was something that it was like i never i never thought could be possible and a lot of people 
told me that I couldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. actually, it's a very, very, like, well-known but not spoke of, like, thought process that, like, that women shouldn't treat it, uh, shouldn't preach in a body. Yeah. Uh, at, you know, at, on, you know, at the pulpit, yeah. basically. And, um, and so, yeah, it, it, our church just isn't that way. And, yeah. um, they understand the value of having a woman's perspective and understanding yeah. that they can, they can talk scripture. They can, you know, regurgitate the word and, um, and it can be powerful as well. So yeah. I do want to absolutely just, you know, like encourage anybody, like find a church that, you know, you feel like you have, um, a space for that. Yeah. Know? A space for that. And that's good. And I think I agree there's so much of that that growing up too, mm-hmm. like you that's what you felt. And I yeah. think recently, um I mean and it was like people discipled me, people or you know, women would disciple other women. Mm-hmm. Um and discipleship, for those of you listening that may not know, basically is just doing life with people and, and sharing scripture with people for those for those people that are believers, but um and like reading you know, reading the Bible together. But they would do that, but it they they didn't dream big to do bigger things. Like they didn't dream big to like, um, growing up for me, you know, again, be in those theological conversations, yeah. like learn, um, deeper things about the Bible than just, you know, the basic, you right. know, just the basics of what yeah. you're reading, like learn history, learn yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, and I also want to say too, and something that I've learned is that I know that God has called me to do evangelism. Yeah. And 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 I think that that's also something has been primarily like monopolized by men. It's yeah. just like only men can do evangelism. Yeah. You know, and and that's just not backed up in scripture. So I also wanted to say one of the hard things too about being yeah. a woman in ministry is just thinking that like I can't, I don't, I can't be as effective as a man doing evangelism. Yeah. And by evangelism, I mean like. Like sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel, but like engaging someone that like you don't know, yeah, like that you're literally just walking up to for the first time and saying, "Hey, do you know about this?" And yeah. it, it is incredibly intimidating a, a lot at first, but um, but anyway, but being a woman in ministry, but it's just there are different giftings, um, but not neither woman or man are like in, in scripture are told that like it's it's um, monopolized for just that. That gender, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, we are all told to go and make disciples. We are all told to share the gospel. Yeah. And so it does not just, just man, it's not just a man's job. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I completely agree with that. And I think, you know, now recently growing up, you see women that, you know, have gone to, like, even things like seminary, like seminary yeah. for a long time, <clears throat> or even me growing up, like, it was only, it wasn't a lot of women that did that, you mm-hmm. know, and it wasn't, and it was almost like, if they did that, it was only because they were going to speak to women that that they couldn't not. I'm not saying decide, but they couldn't speak to men, and men could gain something mm-hmm. from what they're saying mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. their perspective. Yeah, and I, I see that changing a lot more now in this time um, time you know day and age mm-hmm. um, because you know women are getting those degrees, women are going to seminary, that kind right. of thing. And um, but yeah, that is something that's hard. I think sometimes you mm-hmm. know if a woman wants to be theologically sound or like really be involved in those kind of discussions mm-hmm. with men mm-hmm. um or in the bigger discussions um of those things that it was kind of more of a silenced thing and i think what that did too as well kind of like what you're saying it stopped um it stopped women from even pursuing those things so yeah exactly so some some of these like 
some of these, I guess, maybe stereotypical ideas that were set in place, then stopped women from just pursuing bigger things for yeah. the gospel. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and I like that it's changing now. I mean, now you see a lot more women speakers. You see mm-hmm. a lot more women um, speaking like speaking to a congregation uh-huh. and giving their ideas and giving their input. And yeah. I think I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's really encouraging. It's really, um, yeah, and humbling as well. Just like, man, God has called um, us up. Like, God has called us to be women who are fierce and brave. Yeah. Yeah, bold and courageous, you know, and all those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I love that. And Mm -hmm. I just want to talk about that a little bit because I know you, that's something you're learning a lot about. Absolutely. Um, So we have two questions. Yes. That we ask everybody. Ready for them. Ready for them. So um, one of them is Mm -hmm. if you could go to lunch Mm -hmm. with anybody. Yes. Anybody, anybody, anybody. Mm -hmm. They can be... Dead or alive. Right. Um, it, it doesn't have to be a famous person, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Who would it be and why? Okay. It would be the Queen of England. The Queen of England! It would be the Queen of England. Okay, before you say this, tell us why. Um, <laughs> Carrie is accept, obsessed with all things British. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Yes. So what, are your, what, so, what are some of your favorite shows? Oh, The Crown. Easily. The Crown. She loves... Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. I mean, she loves all that stuff. Anything Jane Austen. <laughs> Jane Austen, yes. Anything so, Austen. Absolutely. So this, this is not surprising for me. Okay, no. so why the Queen of England? Okay, the Queen of England. Elizabeth of Windsor. <laughs> Beth, as I like to call her. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're on a personal level. Lilibet. <laughs> That's, you know, what her family calls her. But anyway, um, she is a woman of conviction. Yeah, okay. And... And just elegance and grace and like she, I think in her like reign, right? In her long, long reign, she's been just the most consistent world leader. I, I mean, she is so um, steadfast. Yeah. Within scandal upon scandal, she is always just classy, just classy and graceful <laughs> and like. But I think that the word that I would like describe her the most is a woman of conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she just doesn't sacrifice and she won't let herself, um, well, at least what I've seen and like, you know, heard about her and read about her and seen about her is just that she, um, she doesn't let herself become so emotionally like overwhelmed to make a rash decision or to say something out of anger or whenever she has every right to, you know, and has had every right to. And so, um, and she was given a mantle that like really she had never you know prepared for yeah. because anyway the whole story of the the, the british monarch and everything yeah. like that like it's just she's a woman of conviction so i feel like i would really i would probably have tea with her <laughs> and play with her dogs like, really that's why i want to have lunch with her so i can also play with her dogs um her corgis um but no just to like ask her man like how have you how have you stayed so steadfast yeah. in, in like one of the hardest thing and one of the hardest jobs of just like being a queen. Being a queen. <laughs> <laughs> so tea and what are they? Bread crumpet. Crumpet. <laughs> I don't know. That's yes. awesome. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, that was a good one. Um, so yes, okay, Queen of England. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you'll ever listen to this podcast, <laughs> but if you do, Queen, Carrie really wants that much of you, Your Majesty. <laughs> Your Majesty. Okay, the next question is um, encouragement and yeah. 
Yeah. You know, encouragement is just a thing that I love. Margaret so. does so well, by the way. <laughs> um, so, if you can encourage anyone right now, mm-hmm. um, you're going to uh, say it to them as if you are right. sitting in front of them encouraging them. But what would you tell... Who would it be? What would you tell them? Yeah. And go ahead and give them that encouragement. Okay. Well, you know this person. The person is Randy Willis. And... Um, Randy Willis, you have been my youth pastor since I was 12 years old. Um, You've known me since I um, could think uh, like an adult person (laughs) (laughs) being 12. And um, didn't, you and your wife, Eleanor, um, but to you specifically, like being a, you know, 20-something-year-old man and seeking out the friendship of a, you know, of a 12-year-old girl was really annoying and yeah. um, and just inviting me into your home and not just making me about, like, being a job and being a youth pastor, but you, like, for the first time, I, I, I like, really knew... I, I mean, I knew the gospel because it was um, it was lived out by you and um, and the way that you ran your home and and so and from ages twelve to seventeen um, and you just loving on my family and um, whenever things are really hard uh, in my life and you know that you always encouraged me and mm-hmm. wouldn't let me sit in my mess. Yeah. And then also made it possible for me to go to India for free. And mm-hmm. that's where God changed my life. Yeah. And, um, and, and you really made that possible for me. And so, um, I really just, um, I really just want to encourage you. And I'm so thankful that we get to do life together right now, um, in the space in Houston and that you're also here and that you, um, you know that you're you're my boss and my friend and um like a big brother to me and um and I just want to encourage you uh, that um not just me but other people see how much you love Jesus and how much that has changed their lives like I I get to see I get to have an outside perspective in that mm-hmm. um and so I don't think I would be in ministry if it weren't for you um, I don't think that the lives that the Lord has touched because of me would, wouldn't be possible, but because of you and because of your faithfulness and because I've done a lot of dumb things in my life and you've never looked at me with contempt or resentfulness and like, um, always encouraged me and, um, and never looked down on me for being, you know, for being a young girl or, or whatever. And, um, also just seeing the dad that you are now and knowing that, you know, that you were just a newlywed whenever I met you. And now you're a father. Um, and the way that you raise those boys is absolutely, absolutely incredible. And I have, I hope that I can be half of the parents that you and Eleanor are. And, um, just in this time in y'all's life, I just want to encourage y'all to be, um, to be, quick to rejoice and quick to to have joy in your home mm-hmm. um and so um and that you have a you have a carry yeah that your carry loves you and um thinks the world of you and and those boys and your wife and um yeah so i could keep going mark <laughs> i'll stop there yes so it was so good um carrie thanks for coming on thank you i enjoyed you um you're not going anywhere because you live with me. So. <laughs> but thanks for coming on, and I'm sure the guests enjoyed you Aww. and love hearing your perspective on things. Aww, thank you. Thank you for having me. I yes. Say, say bye to the guests. Bye, everybody. <laughs> See you later.